FIU Athletics Podcast post main recap, North Texas preview. Week three coming up, uh, third week of the season, I should say, for the FIU Panthers. Tough one to La Tech, close one against Maine, and onward, onward we go. EJ uh, Ricketts and Patrick Murray. Uh, Patrick was with us on the ESPN Plus broadcast uh, this past weekend for for Maine, and, and really interesting game. I, I think, uh, you know, I think a lot of fans may be inclined to, to just take a look at the scoreline and and have their thoughts based on the two-point win, but, you know, we're coming at this from an, an FIU perspective as well. But, you know, the first thing I think of after this win, Patrick, is is really Kiwan Jenkins' performance. Certainly Chris Mitchell as well, and time you tie a school record with with Tyrese and, and T.Y. Hilton, that's a that's a very positive thing. It's a good company. Um, but to, to, for, for Kiwan and, and his first start, uh, to nearly throw for, for 300 yards, um, I don't really – I don't really care who the opponent is, whether it's a you know a power five program or or an FCS. To I think whatever the competition is to go for nearly three hundred and in your first collegiate start that that's that's something you can you can take a lot from and, and we'll get more into you know how rare that's been through the the last few years or how significant. Um, what what stood out to you in in Kiwan's first start? I think you've got to be excited about Kiwan Jenkins if you're an FIU fan. I mean. He showed that he can be a playmaker. I think the thing that stood out the most was his ability to extend plays, keep them going, and whether with his legs. We saw he had a touchdown run called back by a hold that was a down-the-field hold right. on a wide receiver. And also just extending the play with his legs and then keeping his eyes down the field and being able to make a throw like he did on, on the first touchdown pass to Chris Mitchell. That playmaking ability is something that FIU has lacked and now you got to be excited to have something like that at the quarterback position. Yeah, I mean, certainly you saw the improvement of the passing game. From, it was not another four-yard game. Um, I think the rushing totals were slanted a little bit by just the end of the game there, you know, taking some time off the clock. Um, I think Shamari was around 30 yards. I think our final – what was our – we take a look at the final stats um, for the team. Like, yeah, 13 total rushing yards. It's a little bit distorted by what happened in the end there. I certainly think the – the, the ground game showed what it could do against Louisiana tech. Um, but you talk about Kiwan's performance and, and we were referencing this a little bit last night. It was just going back through the last few years, right? Like, you know, you, you see 292 on the stat sheet for, for passing yards for Kiwan. And, and I don't think that's something to take for granted. I mean, last year it was done three total times. Um, Grayson did it twice. Hayden did it once. Uh, Max Bordenschlager and his record setting campaign right uh 2021 uh just three times where he passed for 292 plus um it wasn't done at any point in 2020 and, and james morgan has been kind of alluded to as like the standard right for f for fiu quarterbacks him and, and alex magoo um two of the most successful stints in in fiu history and james in the 2019 season where we beat miami and, and got to a bowl game i mean james threw for 292 plus one time um, and then in the regular season, twice if you include the bowl game against Arkansas State, and then 2018, which was you know best season in FIU history, just twice, um, 292 plus. This isn't isn't really a common 
thing. And, and the fewest amounts of points that we've scored in any of those nine occasions that's happened the last five years was 24. So I think scoring 14 with this passing performance was somewhat of an aberration as well. We had let a couple trips in the red zone and plus territory uh, not not wind, in, wind up in points. But you know, I just keep saying, I don't think this is a, a performance to take for granted. It's been rare the last five years, but nine the last, well, 50 plus games. So it's about less than 20% of games you see this happen. And it's his his first start. Um, there's there's all sorts of potential and and promise coming off this game for me, despite you know the the nuance of some tense moments there down the stretch. There there were certainly more opportunities to score, and even on the first drive of the game, there were two plays. When I went back and looked at the film, right. two plays that were very close to being long touchdowns. There was a Shamari Lawrence run where the O line had it blocked up pretty well. There was a hole there. And it wasn't a big hole, but Shamari tried to squeeze through the hole and he just barely got grabbed by, by a main defender. And if he had been able to hit that hole, maybe like a split second earlier, he's probably gone for like a 70 something yard touchdown run. And then that same drive, uh, Jalen Bracey is open on a slant and Kiwan just misses him. And, you know, it was early in the game, kind of amped up freshman jitters, maybe a little bit. And he missed him high. If he puts that on his numbers, there's no safety in the middle of the field. Bracey probably takes that 70 yards for a touchdown. And then, you know, there's a couple other plays down in the red zone where various things, um, you know, we ha you had the bad snap on fourth down where, where the center thought that Maine had jumped offside, but they hadn't. And that's why he snapped it early. You had the play where uh, the interception where Kiwan and Eric, and I think it was Patterson just weren't on the same page on what route was, was supposed to be run. Right. So that, you know, there certainly was some opportunity there for some more points that, just an aberration maybe that, that likely you do end up scoring more points in that game. And there's going to be more opportunities for him to throw for 290 plus. I mean, it's interesting how rare that is. He may do it again next week with North because you're going to have some games this year where you're in shootouts and you're going to have to throw it even more than you did and go even more up tempo than you did against Maine. And he's going to have some opportunities to throw for 300 plus and another one maybe coming up against North Texas. Yeah. North Texas gave up some points against cows. It was, kind of a surprise in a lot of aspects of that North Texas cow game. We'll, we'll get into that. Cal is feeling the momentum of that ACC bid. They were fired up and they played, they played pretty well. Um, the, you know, defensively, you know, for us, I think I thought it was another standout performance. Like the defense really kept us in the game at La Tech on the road with, especially with how long they were out there on the field. I'm looking at the drive chart right now for Maine and there were only four possessions for Maine in, in the entire second half. Um, you know, the first one was that impressive 12 play 81 yard drive, but after that uh, was turnover on downs, a punt, and then that final drive turnover on downs. So, uh, you know, even though we weren't scoring, certainly taking some time and sustaining some drives to, to not give Maine a ton of opportunities. Um, obviously Donovan Manuel did what, what he does again, just, racking up tackles had the forced fumble i think it's i think it's impressive now that's that's three takeaways in two games right you have the interception from deverick um the forced fumble um at la tech and jamal potts had that two of them and then uh the forced fumble that we were able to pick up here um on saturday so they're, they're taking the ball away brian blades filling in for adrian cole i thought had a, had a couple of impressive pass breakups um defending montego moss the main's number one option uh, and really Brian's first extended time uh, defensively being being counted upon in that role. And I thought he played really well. Um, the, the defense continues 
to to encourage in my mind and, and obviously got to the quarterback a couple of times in the second half when it when it really was necessary especially to kind of take him out of the the verge of field goal range at the end there yeah the defense did what it needed to do i mean it, they gave up some drives where, where Maine was able to move the ball but when once they got down near the 30 yard line they kind of put up a fence there and said you know this is it uh, and, and got those pressures late in the game when they really needed it to, to push Maine at, back out of uh, the red zone area. And yeah, defense, I think the defense is going to be good enough to keep FIU in games. And then the offense is going to get there. Uh, and, and Donovan Manuel was fantastic. I, I thought Jovan DeWitt had some really nice pressures dialed up with him as well. Like not even blitzes, but like simulated pressures where you're only rushing four. But then he had them designed where he gets Donovan Manuel matched up on a guard in space and you take that matchup anytime with Manuel's quickness and agility to get around those guards and I think he's going to be a weapon to use in those situations when you when you need to get after the passer and yeah some encouraging things from from the secondary Deverick Daniel I thought had another really good game and I think this FIU defense is going to be uh, good enough to to keep things close just about every week. I don't want to. I don't want to miss talking about uh, Chris Mitchell's day as well. I mean, like tying a school record, two hundred one yards. I, I wish I realized that at the at the end of the broadcast, we're having some, I think, technical difficulties with the with the you know the the score, the the stats, the stat website that that we rely on. I think it said he finished at one eighty six, but it was really two hundred one. So that I mean, that tied him with with Tyrese Chambers, who I think did that against Charlotte, right, the the other year, and then. Uh, of course, T.Y. Hilton's 201-yard game. That's that's awesome company and a lot of big chunk plays. But all, you know, all, it wasn't just all busted coverage. That first touchdown in front of the student section, which which was awesome, by the way, great place got loud. I mean, that he it, it was it almost was felt like a 50-50 ball, but it was it was perfectly placed. Um, but it, it wasn't as if he had a bunch of space to work with. It he has to be a bit physical. Yeah. Defense. Yeah. It was, it was PI. Hey, yeah, that's right. Like he, he went up and got it and made the play. Uh, man, I think he, he showed, he, he's had those games, right? It, it hasn't been the, the constant, uh, you know, maybe the prolificness that, that Tyrese has, has recently shown, but, but Chris Mitchell has had those games before. And this was the career game for him. And it doesn't have to be two Oh one every time. But but I think he showed he can be a high caliber playmaker that 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 links up with Kiwan really well. I think so. And I think what David Yost is trying to do offensively, where they're running some deep choice concepts, where it, that's going to play to Mitchell's strengths, where he's going to be able to read what the defender's trying to do with him, and and kind of what they say is, if I'm even, if we're even, I'm leaving. So if he's got, if he's even with the defender, he's going to go deep, and if the defender's over the top, he's going to cut it short. And that's going to give him an opportunity to, to, to make some plays in space, whether it's going deep on the deep balls or, or catching a, a hitch route, a comeback um, with a little bit of space to try and make somebody miss. And I think those kind of things really play to his strengths. And it's interesting with Kiwan as well and his command of the offense, being able to go in and, and change things the way he wants. Like Coach Mack was even saying after the game that the one touchdown – at the end of the first half to Mitchell, that was Kiwan changing the right. play and saying, hey, let's try a hitch and go here, changing the play at the line of scrimmage. And he he guessed right right there. I mean, that, that ended up being a good call. And the corner was kind of sitting sitting in, expecting, reading his eyes, expecting him to throw one of those hitch routes. And then Mitchell just 
beats them deep. So I think that they've got some good chemistry going there uh, early on, and that's going to be a fun uh, connection to see how they the, develop. Those are the moments in this game, right, that that stand out to me more so more so than the score. The the fact that you've got a quarterback there is a true freshman. This is what he's done, though. This is what he did at Miami Central. He he had he had the ability. He had the offensive meetings at Miami right. Central. Like he was. Instead yeah. of the offensive coordinator, he was running the meeting. <laughs> he, he he watches film, but like he, he doesn't like to watch NFL games or college other college football. He wants to watch film. Like he's a student of yeah. the game, and you don't have any true freshmen that the coaches are like, yeah, he can make checks to the line. We trust that. We we know maybe sometimes it'll be a mistake there, but you know he just sensed that the defense thought another screen pass was coming, and and to have the wherewithal to make that check like that, those kind of things are what's exciting to be that. Are, are giving gave me encouragement from this game I, again i think 14 points was an aberration you clean you clean some things up and it's a you know 21 28 uh, point game at uh, at the minimum uh to to finish on on chris mitchell i mean yeah he had 348 receiving yards last year so he go he goes 201 on saturday i think his season high last year was 84 yards uh at charlotte so you know more so more than doubling what his his season best was last year and and, and he looked he looks like a like a really improved player so that was fun um look I, I thought it was a great great environment great day the student the student turnout was was great uh, like that, that touchdown from, from Mitchell right in front of him like that was awesome uh, uh that's that's what we need more out of we need it need to keep packing packing the cage um and North Texas comes in this Saturday who you know it's one of those feels like a status check game, right? Like we're going to have two, uh, two of them this year against teams that, you know, we, we took it on the chin last year against, you know, Western Kentucky will, will come in here at the end of the season. I'm just really excited to see what we're able to do in that game, especially with more time to, to get the, the system going here, but North Texas, you know, that was a tough game on the road last year. Um, and you look at the numbers of that game and you know, I got five, you know, they jumped on us in the first half, 24, nothing after a quarter, five touchdown passes in the first half from, from Austin on uh, 52, 14, the final score. So real chance to gauge. Can we, can we make progress from that? How different a team are we They're Certainly, uh, you know, they have some changes under center. Their running back rotation looks fairly similar, right? Um, we look at what they did against Cal 58, 21 loss. Uh, they were hanging with Cal for the first half. Um, the Bears have a big playmaker of their own that, that really might change the direction of of their program. Yeah, Jay uh, Not at running back. Yeah, Jay Not, 188 Cal. rushing yards. Yeah, uh, North Texas and, had a real hard time tackling Cal's running backs. They could they couldn't stop the run at all, and they couldn't run right. the ball themselves either. You know, if you look at playmakers on their team. Uh, Jamari Macklin comes to mind, maybe their version of Smoke Harris, uh, if you will. You know, we had some issues with Smoke Harris in the second half at La Tech. Uh, he certainly looks on paper to be the guy to to put a spotlight on. You know, he's second in the country last year in yards per reception. Uh, even in the loss, he had four catches for 122 yards. So he averaged 30 and a half yards per catch. They had two touchdowns and a long of 59 Stone Earl, their quarterback, was 12 for 19, 174 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. Look, this is a North Texas program that's used to winning recently. Um, they have a new head coach in there. I think a lot a lot of folks in Denton were, were really disappointed with that game against Cal. I know Cal's the quote-unquote Power 5 program, but they, those are the kind of games that North Texas has won before. Um, you know, they, they were the class, of, one of the cl- class teams of Conference USA, now obviously in the American, uh, but we still signed that 
uh, game contract with them. This is going to be a real interesting team. It's it's not the same team we played in November. Still a lot of talent like Macklin and uh, a number of their running backs, but uh, it, it just kind of feels like a different vibe heading into this year playing them uh, rather than last November. North Texas is definitely different. Uh, their new head coach, Eric Morris, he's he's an air raid guy, so it could be one of those games where it's a shootout and, and both teams are throwing it 50 times, 50 plus times, but uh, yeah, that team's definitely different. No, no more Austin Ani. All the running backs yeah. are back. They were really good last year, but they did not run the ball. I think they've averaged less than two yards per carry against Cal last week. I don't think running the ball is going to be a focus for them. And they do have some of the playmakers. They, they uh, lost a couple of their tight ends. They lost some leaders on defense. Uh, so yeah, it definitely feels like a different North Texas team and hard to kind of get a read on what kind of game this is going to be but but certainly could be a, a measuring stick type of, type of game for FIU to to see where they're at uh taking a look at some scores around conference USA before we we finish things up uh first of all that Duke Clemson game last night was was wild I, wow. I, th- I yeah. thought it was cool how they they got on the field before the end of the game like they didn't they didn't you know get on the sideline they were like right next to the sideline I feel I'd never see that on on rushings of the field like just already being on the grass I, I yeah. shout out to duke for a well done a well done uh storming storming of the field and, and clemson's obviously got some some things to figure out offensively. riley leonard was ridiculous for duke and uh i'm you know uh garrett riley coming in and you feel like he's gonna fix clemson's offense at offensive mm-hmm. coordinator and they seem to have gotten worse like that's one of those things too like it's it's hard it's so hard to tell when a team gets in the the red zone often and in this case inside the five and just leaves points on the table as much as Clemson like if they punch it in in all the situations is anybody saying Clemson has an offensive problem like it's it's Dabo said after the game I've never been a part of a college football game like that so who knows if Clemson will be fine but you know red zone efficiency you can't draw too many conclusions off the first game I think you know last year LSU lost that game to Florida State the first game by one point and people were saying they might be the worst team in the sec west and then they went and won the sec west so right so I mean, you never know who knows at that point but um you know certainly certainly was an entertaining weekend uh looking around conference usa here uh liberty was in a tight one with bowling green able to win by 10 uh smu with 38 14 over la tech uh no i think western kentucky's win was probably one of the more impressive ones um austin reed just seems to be picking up where where he left off uh i think 330 passing yards um sam houston sam houston's defense was was not bad on the road at byu is a 14 nothing loss um anything stand out to you over over conference usa play um on on saturday uh, western kentucky looks like they're going to be the favorite i, I think everybody yeah. thought that coming in and they they certainly look every bit as good this year as they were last year um and you know jacksonville state i feel like has been kind of surprising they they blew out etsu and you know you you say okay it's an fcs team but jacksonville state was an fcs team last year and then they got that win at utep in uh in week zero so i think they've they've been better than than expected uh i think western kentucky is is right up there at the top and then i think there's a pack below that it's going to be uh you know hard to tell who's going to step up and be the uh the number two team there, if anybody can step up and knock off Western Kentucky. Um, yeah, Western, Western, very talented team, very talented quarterback. Um, but, uh, you know, it's hopefully be a fun one here when we play them 
uh, on senior nights. And again, a good gauge of progress from one year to the next that starts here on, on Saturday against North Texas. Uh, you know, to me, I, I don't know if you, you would expect a, a similar kind of performance numbers wise from, from Kiwan. It's a step up obviously defensively from a main team to North Texas, but man, he showed a lot of ability, that evasiveness in the backfield, um, uh, definitely certainly won a little bit more from the rushing game. Again, the numbers were, were thwarted a little bit in the end, but you know, Kiwan was running backwards a bunch of a bunch of yards to you know waste time off the clock. So it wasn't really 13 got, rushing yards. I think you got to give Maine credit too, especially yeah. on defense. And I thought got, those guys were good and they they played tough. Going back watching the film, Isaiah Henderson 92 for them, like keep standing out. Like he was yeah. tough and all over the place. And Maine did a lot of things where they were shifting the front around, like reducing the front, shifting gaps at, at the snap and using some run stunts where you, you try to occupy one offensive lineman, you got the guy, another defensive lineman looping around you. And that's that's hard to deal with for right. an offensive line in, in game two of the season, trying to pass all that off. And so I think that caused some problems for FIU's run game, but they also had a couple of plays where they were like right there, right there to break in a big run. Uh, so I think they're they're going to break a couple of those at, at some point later in the season, like they did in, uh, against La Tech with that big 67-yarder. Yeah, I mean, look, North Texas's defense, it looked vulnerable. Um, it, their, their offense certainly kept them in the game for, for a half, um, but I think they only had four, less than 10 total yards in the second half. So that they'll be trying to cor- correct some things just as a whole, not even passing or rushing, just as a whole. Um, Cal, Cal really thwarted them and they, they ended up putting the Louisiana Monroe transfer, uh, at, at quarterback in. So they, they had two quarterbacks play. So it'll be interesting to see what they decide on Saturday. Uh, what, what do you, what do you feel is, is important here when what, what feels like it could be a very competitive game feels like it. Yeah, I feel, I feel like it'll be competitive. I think Jenkins is going to have a chance to put up some big numbers again and, one thing to look out for is Eric Rivers. You know, how healthy is he? Can you get him healthy? Um, he didn't really have a big impact on the game last week, but there, there are a couple of plays where he got open and, and they just couldn't connect. He got open deep. So if, if he's healthy enough, that, that's another deep threat that can really help you. Um, and I think the key is going to be up front for, for FIU on both sides of the ball. Can you sustain blocks longer in the run game to, to open some holes? Can you protect Kiwan long enough? And then uh, on the op- opposite side of the ball, can you get some pressure on North Texas's quarterback like FIU did at times late in the game against right. Maine? So I think that'll be the key is, is up front. Yeah, the, the pressure in the backfield wasn't necessarily sustained all game, but it, it made its presence felt in, in big moments too, right? Especially especially on that last drive. Uh, George Rod, uh, Alex Nobles, um, some, some big plays defensively. Uh, to, to harass Derek Robertson over the course of the game. So just ex- excited to see if we can get the offense rolling and, and finish out some drives. Um, you know, I think, again, 14 points to me was an aberration. We've only seen in 20, less than 20% of the time a quarterback over the last five years throw for 292-plus, um, and Kiwan comes in in his first start and does that. So despite the scoreline, I, I really do think this is the FIU Athletics podcast. I'm never, I'm not going to just roast our guys, right? But I, 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 re- I really am not trying to be Homer in, in feeling that there, there are some positive things and some reasons to feel encouraged 
even even though it was a, a two point win. There were there's some really good things from from Kiwan. Uh, Saturday, six thirty Eastern kickoff. Uh, we'll have Jonathan Cyprian, a former All Conference guy here at FIU, an NFL veteran as well. He'll he'll be in the broadcast booth with me. Uh, Corey Brooks and Natalie Wooden on the eleven forty a.m. Uh, pregame show that'll start at six. Patrick, you're off to USF this weekend, right? Got a call of that game. Who, who's USF playing? Yeah, they're playing Florida A&M. So I'll see okay. the Rattlers okay. and the Bulls. Alex Goldesh nice. is home game as the Bulls head coach. So it'll be, it should be fun. Yeah, have fun with that one. We we tuned into that. Um, and then, uh, yeah, FIU, North Texas, 630. So we'll see see if we can make it back-to-back wins at the cage for heading up to uh, heading up to UConn. And it's not in it's not stores, Hartford, right? East Hartford, where the stadium, where the stadium is at. I'll, I'll have to do my own. Yeah, I'll have to finish off the prep. But fo- the focus is UNT first. Then we then we'll then we'll look at UConn stuff. But uh, yeah, no one game at a time. That's right. All right, another episode of the FIU Athletics Podcast. Patrick, appreciate it, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on, AJ.